0: From indies to foreign films, from the underseen to the underrated, this is Not Your Average Movie Podcast. Alright everyone, welcome to Not Your Average Movie Podcast. Not Your Average Movie Podcast. Not Your Average Movie Podcast. (laughs) Yeah! Get hype!
1: You, you sound like a big mouth character.
0: Mm, sounds like are you coming in, Andrew? Andrew? No, I can't. do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, welcome to not your average movie podcast. I'm Adam De Benedictus, and this is my good buddy
0: and Tom Stiff. All right, all right. And this week, what are we talking about, Adam? Shaolin Soccer, the most whack ass movie. I have ever watched
1: <clears throat> long ago in this sacred temple six best friends learned the secrets and mastered the power of an art called shaolin kung fu now They've lost their way, but one man is getting them back together. Kung Fu is perfect for sports. To remind them of the courage they still have and apply it to a game they've never played.
0: Kung Fu Soccer. All his life, an ordinary young man has been treated like dirt. Still, he's never given up believing that all the world's problems could be solved with a little Kung Fu. So he's teaming up with a band of misfits, six friends who were Kung Fu masters in their youth, to form a soccer team that he believes has the chance to win a 1 million grand prize. Together, they are going to apply their hen talents to a whole new game, and soccer will never be the same.
1: Yeah, it's a classic Stephen Chow movie uh, out of Hong Kong. It's a big deal over there, and I have yet to see it until this week.
0: So yeah, overall, what were your thoughts of the movie? Just a short little opinion.
1: Uh, I think this was the deepest, most thought-provoking saddest just intelligent movie i've ever seen
0: man the 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 mise en scene of this <laughs> the mouse fine, and scene the mouse and scene of this <laughs> fine fine art right this here this is not
1: just a movie it's not just a film it is cinema
0: it it is a head to toe body experience <laughs>
1: <laughs> no i i enjoyed it as kind of like a cheap goofy comedy movie from the early 2000s It's very like stylistically similar to kind of like Scary Movie um, or Dodgeball from the 2000s. And I was really into those movies growing up, maybe around the age of 12. Yeah, 12-year-old Adam would love this movie, and I still uh, really enjoyed it. It was a fun movie to watch. I got some good chuckles out of it. So, yeah, I liked it.
0: And see, this is the first movie that I've watched for this podcast that I haven't seen yet. And so this is every other movie we've done before. I've seen before. I've kind of had my impressions. I already knew I liked it. So this one I went too fresh and I was kind of 50-50 on it, mostly because I love that it just kind of knows what it is and does it without any regard. Who's going to think about how wacky this is otherwise? Like, I just respect the ability to take everything to an 11 because this movie is on crack. This movie is on all of the cocaine in Hollywood. But yeah, I, I've heard a lot about Stephen Chow, and I've never seen any of his movies. And so I figured I've heard at least decent things about this, if not that I knew this was going to be wacky. But I don't think I knew just how wacky it was going to get. like yeah.
1: How
0: how obvious and out of left field a lot of this movie was going to be it
1: doesn't take itself too seriously and if there's an opportunity for a joke at the expense of like the plot or believability it goes towards the joke
0: and see half the time i wasn't even sure if they were jokes i was just like this is just whatever came into their brain and just brought where everything is exaggerated
1: yeah they're having fun with it um they do stick to some kind of like early 2000s or late 90s tropes Like you got like an ugly girl for comedic effect, and a a fat guy, a bald guy, just like kind of archetypes of characters that are kind of like surface level, and they just play them up to an extreme.
0: Yeah, they definitely have. I noticed that. Is that like, oh wow, even between the U.S. and Hong Kong, we still have those early 2000s comedy tropes of like, this guy's funny because he's fat, and guess what, he's fat. (laughs) Yeah. But, like I said, with this movie bringing up to an 11, it's not even that he's just fat. It's the first time that you're meeting him, he's literally like, I physically can't stop eating these chips. I'm such a disgrace. I'm small foot. And then he just goes and some lady asks him to pick something off the top shelf, and he just knocks everything over, and then saves it with Kung Fu. <laughs> That's what I mean by, like, I feel like an American film would just be like, oh, he's fat, and that's a joke, and then he falls, and that's the whole joke. Whereas this brings it like the two steps further of like, oh, but he saves it with kung fu, and he's literally physically cannot stop stuffing himself.
1: And it's raw egg nonetheless.
0: Oh, that, that's what
1: his addiction is.
0: Yeah, that raw egg addiction was,
1: it, it was gooey and visceral. It was just gross. <laughs> but I mean, if if he's gonna be like a fat character that's addicted to eating, like eggs aren't aren't that bad. They're low calorie, high in protein. I mean, he's gotta have cholesterol issues, but eggs aren't that bad of a food. It's not like cakes or bun buns, uh, like Stephen Chow's character uh can't stop eating at that girl's uh counter.
0: Yeah, I feel like our non-spoiler section is going to be super short because most of the non-spoilers are just these people go through the typical sports comedy tropes, except take every single one of those tropes, add Shaolin, and just take everything to a weird, exceptionally wacky degree, which, again, I loved in parts. I feel like even though this movie was barely an hour and 30 minutes, I'm like, This is a solid 45 minute movie before I'm like, all right, this has gone off the rails. But also I feel I felt the movie pick up for me, at least what I thought it was going to be, more when the soccer actually started to happen.
1: Yeah, there were like bits of action leading up through the movie, but where they really got to like show off this great kung fu choreography is when it was in conjunction with soccer and showing like the value of that technique, not just for comedic effect. Or for some like life hack, but uh, it was actually like really cool action scenes, I thought.
0: Yeah. And I had always heard through the grapevine that this movie is the closest thing there is to a live action sports anime. And at the beginning, I really wasn't feeling that. I'm like, this just seems like a kind of mediocre comedy, but in China. Yeah. But once the soccer actually started going down, then I started getting into it more. Everything before that, like the relationship between Stephen Chow's character and Zhao Wei's character, the love interest of like she thinks she's so hideous because she has some pimples on her forehead and he's like, but you're beautiful. And then she dresses up and impress him and stuff. And I'm like, I don't care. And this is weirdly even more sexist than American comedies (laughs) at this time, which is hard to do.
1: Yeah, I I feel like like a lot of love interests and action movies this was kind of shoehorned in just to add something to it
0: yeah either action movies or even comedies of this time so everything that didn't involve the soccer i was kind of like there's not enough kung fu the special effects are terrible some of the jokes are funny like some of the jokes definitely land that and it did establish right away what kind of goofy ass movie this was gonna be yeah but I didn't feel myself get into what I thought I was going to be getting into until the soccer. Once the soccer kicked in, I was like, okay, this is the kind of goofy I came here for.
1: Yeah, and it's not just like the physical comedy. It's like the irrationality. Like in the first scene, that flashback, Golden Leg, um seemed to be like the protagonist at the beginning of the movie, uh, just in that flashback scene where he misses a goal by like, just a little bit and the fans literally go to beat him up and it ruins his life. It breaks his leg forever. And it it kind of reminded me of goob from meet the Robinsons. You remember that movie?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Where there's such an exaggerated like response to this small game. Yeah. Which again, this game, this movie does introduce what it is perfectly right at the beginning between the team being we are team evil, huh? Okay, seems legit. And then right after the the golden leg misses the thing, like you said, the entire crowd just comes, breaks his legs, and I'm like, okay, so this is what ki- this is the kind of movie I'm jumping into. like when everyone told me live action, anime soccer, I was ex- expecting goofiness, but I was expecting just that, like a mostly a plot that they were kind of taking seriously. But with Kung Fu and soccer in it, I wasn't expecting such a comedy. And I think I kind of like that they went so hard into the
1: comedy. And Team Evil isn't even like that evil, I guess. It's just like they, they just have a vibe to them.
0: It's just their director is an or their own coach is an asshole.
1: Yeah, he's kind of a dick.
0: Well, no, he's a supreme dick. He's we'll talk about that in spoilers, but there's some spoilery things where I'm like it. It's so funny how evil they make that guy.
1: But it's just kind of like a a surface level, like evil for no reason.
0: I mean, that's kind of a comedy. Yeah, it is
1: kind of like a 2000 comedy thing to do.
0: Yeah. So overall, my opinion, glad they just kind of went ham for it. Just they barreled forward and were like, no holds barred. Let's go. And my only criticism is that the first little bit of it seemed like just regular comedy tropes which weren't hitting as well with me. But once they got into what made this movie unique, which was uh, Shaolin and soccer, and all the -the over-the-top jokes revolved around that, anything revolving around there immediately got better, along with my other criticism, which was, yeah, I know special effects and comedies don't really matter all that much, but these were god-awful for most of the time. And I think the visual effects got a whole lot better all of a sudden when the soccer came in. Like, I feel like they went, Oh, put all your time into the soccer stuff because everything before that, like, yeah, it's an early 2000s comedy. Yes. The CG is going to be bad. Yes. It was made in Hong Kong for probably like a $5 budget or whatever, but they could have put a little more time if they knew that they were going to be using special effects. Like, yeah, again, it's not a big criticism and it's probably just a thing of the time, but. Doesn't make it not a thing that I heavily notice most of the time.
1: I'm sure watching it in 2001, people were like, oh, my God, that looks so cool.
0: It's like the the soccer ball is really there and there's really fire. (laughs) See, it's not even the like the over the top stuff if it's bad CGI. Well, yeah, they're doing some crazy over the top stuff. I'm saying when they just kick a soccer ball really hard, I'm like, make the soccer ball look at least kind of real. Yeah. But outside of that, yeah, no, I this movie went gonzo and went for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, we're going to get into the spoiler section pretty soon, but it's a sports comedy, so you kind of know what the plot is uh, just by the two words sports comedy.
0: Exactly. Just know that it is, it's like the goofiest Monty Python guests, but add just so much more aggressive attitude towards it instead of the posh British kind of comedy. Just take the amount of goofiness that Monty Python goes to and just add so much more aggression.
1: Yeah. For me, it's the most similar to Dodgeball with Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn.
0: True, true. Yeah, it does follow a lot of that similar plot.
1: Uh, It also kind of reminds me of the movie Dodgeball with Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn.
0: But yeah, so I think that's more or less all I have to say in the non-spoilers. Like, there's no great acting. There's no, like, super general things we can get into outside of just talking about specific jokes we liked.
1: Yeah, this movie knows what it is. You know what it is. And for what it is, it's pretty good.
0: The movie's called Shaolin Soccer. Like, if you don't know what you're getting into, I really don't know what you expected out of this. So if you think you're just in the mood for a lighter kind of comedy, go for this. This is as goofy of a comedy as you're going to get. And if you're an American audience that's not used to either crazy Hong Kong cinema or more of an anime style where they do bring certain things to such an exaggerated point, you're probably going to be like, what in the ever living hell am I watching? But also you might be intrigued. Like I was. So, yeah, go check it out. There's nowhere I could find it streaming, but it is available to rent in the usual places. Amazon, YouTube, Voodoo.
1: Yeah, if you have Showtime, it's on there.
0: All right. Shall we move into the spoilers?
1: Let's do it.
0: All right. Spoilers section. All right. Into the spoilers! (laughs) Into the spoilers. Into the spoilers. So yeah, like we said, this movie starts off pretty much with exactly what the rest of the movie is going to be. Like, we got the coach, Goldenleg, who's pretty much going for a shot, misses his shot. And apparently the evil coach, who's also on his team, hired the mob to get angry at him and break his legs.
1: And he tells him that like early on in the movie, too. And that just kind of, like, establishes, oh, this is a bad guy, and the point of the movie is just to get revenge on him.
0: And if the guy wasn't just labeled as, called his team, you know, team evil, be like, hmm, I wonder if this guy's bad.
1: Yeah, he knows he's bad, and he's proud of it.
0: And he's real proud. When this was also where in the movie, when I figured out what kind of comedy I was getting into because like I said before, I thought they were going to take this more seriously and the only wacky elements were going to be the Shaolin elements. And instead, I got more of an almost Austin Powersy kind of random anything goes making fun of sports films kind of movie, which I wasn't expecting, but as soon as I ended up running with it, I really liked.
1: Yeah. I mean, you take like Iron Legs perspective of uh, wanting to apply Kung Fu to every aspect of life. He's kind of like a evangelist for kung fu. He just wants to spread the word of kung fu and teach everyone it. And since we're in the spoiler section, at the very end of the movie, he's walking around the city and everyone's doing kung fu to park their cars. The the girl that slips on the banana does like this cool flip. Uh people are still littering bananas.
0: Yeah, like everyone's lives are immediately improved because Shaolin. It's like life plus Shaolin equals profit, which leads to the next part in the movie where Golden Leg is like looking around for a soccer team, finds some guy collecting cans, and he immediately is just like, See that guy, Shaolin, improve his life. See that guy, he learned Shaolin, he will not get gotten fired. See that lady, she learned Shaolin, she'd be hotter. And then I'm like, That's sexist. And then just like looking at everyone, be like, that guy should learn Shaolin. That guy should learn Shaolin. Meanwhile, I'm looking at him. I'm like, you're collecting cans.
1: Yeah, he's just that homeless guy that has this grand philosophy that he wants to tell everybody. And he tells the right guy. He's a coach with a chip on his shoulder or a former player with a chip on his shoulder. And he wants to get revenge against this soccer coach or soccer team owner. So that kind of like just propels the plot forward and uh they create this kind of friendship through shaolin and soccer
0: yeah and then from there it's just collecting all of his old shaolin buddies to go join the soccer team which they kind of do in like a quick 20 minutes it's just like all right you you're doing stuff with your life no you're not come play soccer and they all just look at the photos and are like oh we need to go play soccer
1: yeah, they all have the same exact photo that's like stained in the same way and looking at it at the same time.
0: The one fat guy is just chowing down on it. He's just like, <laughs> <laughs> and still eating a giant bag of chips because the fat guy. <laughs> yeah, he
1: can't stop eating. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> ha. Ha ha Yeah, there's a bald guy with a giant comb over. Uh There's an even balder guy named uh, Ironhead. Uh, and- his big thing
0: is headbutts. So like even when Mighty Steel like, goes to get Ironhead, that whole sequence was the sequence of what I mean by like the comedy at the beginning didn't quite hit right for me. Of that I was a little cringy until they got to the soccer stuff. And that's when he went up to the guy and they just started singing in a band terribly. And they're like, we know what to do. Started singing terribly in this band. And then Ironhead just keeps getting stuff knocked over his head. And I was like, Okay, yep, yep, I get it. The comedy wasn't so much wacky and Austin Powers like, where it was kind of it was over the top but clever at the beginning of the movie. It just seemed like they were doing just whatever came to their brain at first while they were on drugs.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the guy that gets stuff smashed over his head, so we do that as many times in the movie as we can uh before we get tired of it.
0: exactly. And so he goes and collects all the group of friends and everything. We kind of get the stereotype of each one. And really, we only really get to actually get the stereotypes of maybe like three of them or four of them. And this movie really kicks in, though, once they get to the training for the soccer game. I feel like at that point, you got to see what the general idea of the movie was in the first place, which was we got Shaolin, we got soccer. And we finally get the people doing those two things. We finally get the two people doing the Shaolin and the soccer. And that beginning part of the movie where they're recruiting everyone, there's a little bit of Shaolin and no soccer. And so I kind of was just like, now they're just relying on the comedy and it's not landing for me. Whereas now they're finally getting, hitting their stride with everything.
1: Yeah. I I liked when it really started to pick up pace and it was the montage of the team going through uh, the tournament and regular soccer players were kind of blown away by the shaolin they were violating kind of like every rule of soccer because they were just like hurting people left and right like people get yellow cards really easily in real soccer and they only got one yellow card for smoking on the field meanwhile they're like beating the crap out of everybody
0: oh yeah no they and the two things the shaolin soccer they definitely focus way more on the shaolin than the soccer And just doing the crazy Hong Kong wire work stuff that Hong Kong cinema is very known for. But I love that not only is this team exaggerated and just willing to use Shaolin in soccer, but it seems like every team in this universe are just gangs, like violent gangs who know Kung Fu, or not even know Kung Fu, but just know some form of fighting. And then they all just join soccer teams and decide, yeah, we want to play soccer, but what we really want to do is kick the shit out of each other, and then hockey was born.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is the prequel to just hockey, not Shaolin hockey, just hockey.
0: Yep. Nope. Just hockey, and yeah, no. Hockey's just Americans looked at this and went, or actually Canadians looked at this and just went, let's punch each other instead.
1: <laughs> oh, another thing that uh, kind of like took me out of it was uh, when that whole team uh, was kicking at the goalie who was standing kind of in the middle of the goal and didn't move at all. But they just kept kicking the ball at the goalie.
0: Oh, yeah. They just kept kicking it straight at him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> even though they could easily kick it left or right. And he was like so incapacitated that it would be you know? so easy to get one goal out of that.
0: Yeah. Well, don't you know they're evil? They're trying to kill him.
1: Yeah. Murder. <laughs> they don't care if they win. They want him to die.
0: They want blood. One. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that scene too. When the goalie gets hit by the ball numerous times, he finally finishes it at one point by grabbing it with his abs and going, and then just shoots it at, back at (laughs) them. Uh, I was laughing my ass off. So much of this movie just made me laugh so hard. And then very few parts of this movie made me cringe, but they were there. Ultimate summary of the movie is beginning. Can probably skip about the first twenty minutes and not miss a single thing.
1: Like I, I really enjoy the sim- cinematography, uh, especially with like the banana peel slip, uh, where she was just like falling and catching her in slow motion at different angles.
0: Oh yeah, and she was air. had the exaggerated look on her face going. Rawr. Rawr.
1: And at that moment, I was like, okay, I know what this movie is.
0: I I did enjoy it. Uh, Pretty much that whole time where Steel Leg is talking to Golden Leg about Shaolin and how it can improve everyone's lives and everything. That was funny. That was an example of a part where I didn't cringe. And I'm not even saying I cringed a lot. I'm just saying in that first 20 minutes, there was the karaoke scene where they got Iron Head that made me cringe. And then, like I said before, anything involving the female in this movie, I was just like, again, probably because I'm viewing this with a modern lens and going wow this isn't just a little sexist this is a lot of sexist
1: (laughs) yeah i i think also the biggest like most cringeworthy moment for me was the
0: celebrate good times come on
1: line dance i think they do that twice in the movie actually and i was like why
0: yeah well and then he started when he first wanted to talk to the girl and he just starts saying to her terribly singing to her too and then it just like you said it breaks into that whole dance number and i'm like i know this is supposed to be wacky but i expected like the wackiness that i got during the soccer scenes
1: yeah i i don't know if there was like any poetry in the singing like it didn't rhyme obviously because it was translated but it wasn't catchy man
0: (laughs) i was gonna say i'm like i don't know she had the exact response you should have had which is Get away from me. You're kind of weird, dude. Yeah, <laughs> But then in reality, they were like, oh, no, she just doesn't want to talk to him because she thinks she's ugly. And I'm like, no, nah, he creepy. He, he like if someone just comes up and starts singing, celebrate good times to you and just be like, yeah, I'm hitting on you. It's just like, no, 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 neither
1: him or I think it's Miu, the girl's name. They They don't know how to flirt or court each other they don't know how to interact
0: like that that was the only thing in this movie that i was like i did not need any of this the rest of the movie i'm like all right it's corny and even really cringy at parts like but it felt in tandem with this movie everything involving that i was like i don't see how this involves with the movie at all
1: <laughs> i liked muse um mannerisms though especially when she came in as the goalie and she went to the wrong goal and she had to do that little run uh, back to the other goal
0: yeah she did have plenty of funny moments again in the context of soccer i think they could have had this romance work out if she was part of the soccer team the entire time but she isn't until the last like few seconds
1: yeah she's some random person that you met on the street
0: yeah who's just kind of like she does amazing kung fu. And she's hot.
1: And they get married because you have to add as many wins to the end of the movie to make it really satisfying.
0: I laughed my ass off having basic graphic design skills and fonts. of just like the fonts they used on the newspapers being like, we win in like clearly like Microsoft Word type font yeah. <laughs> that they're like, former coach wins it all and Goalie get married for the first time ever. And I'm like, these are fonts and stuff that I would use in a brochure when I was a child in Microsoft Word.
1: Yeah. And like the Time Magazine cover on the billboard. It was just like a a narrow serif font.
0: Yeah. Now, real question of the day for at least the audience out out there, like what kind of person would you recommend this movie to? Because there is a lot of people I know for a fact that I'm like, I can't recommend this to you just because you're not going to get the comedy. It is so over the top and so wacky.
1: It's really just like cartoon comedy. It's very physical.
0: Exactly. I think you need to let the person know what they're getting into as far as this kind of comedy goes. Because like, imagine if they're thinking they're getting into like a 21 Jump Street, which is goofy and has a lot of really funny moments. But isn't this level of goofy? It's not Monty Python goofy.
1: Yeah. It doesn't require as much of a suspension of disbelief.
0: Exactly. And I don't know. I also just wanted to finally mention the Kung Fu. Obviously, it's kind of hard because they're not fighting anything else. They're literally just kicking around a CGI ball. But I think the actual Kung Fu they did, especially once they got into the soccer immediately amped up and was just really cool and kind of the more technical part of what i want to get into with this movie is just seeing these actors and stunt people do what they've been trained to do and do it extremely well
1: yeah there is cgi but they're not really faking their kung fu skills at all it's really well performed and and kind of like a dance sort of way
0: yeah so kind of summarizing it up, I would recommend this to anyone with the caveat of knowing this is more of an anything goes sort of random comedy with a very light plot line running through plot of dodgeball with kind of the humor of an Austin Powers. So, yeah, definitely check it out. Know what you're getting into. I'd give it probably a solid like seven out of ten.
1: Yeah. It's hard to like rate movies like this and I can kind of see why like comedy movies never get like best picture. Uh, Cause you're rating it on the same scale of movies that put a lot of thought and are saying something profound about the human condition and the acting is really deep or whatever. Um, so I don't know. I would probably put it at a six out of 10, but keeping in mind that it's a, uh, just a goofy comedy movie you gotta rate it on that scale and say oh it's uh maybe still a six out of ten
0: yeah I, don't know. I might go down to you too yeah. but like it, it's just a hair off from being a so bad it's good if they didn't know what they were making from the beginning it would be one of those so bad it's good movies i feel like but they knew exactly what they were going for all right I feel like we're clipping along pretty good here. Might be a relatively shorter episode, but again, with a comedy, there's less to talk about. Another similar line: If you end up liking Shaolin Soccer, and want to continue on these kind of crazy movies. Check out some Bollywood action movies, like those,
1: like are... Sholay from the seventies.
0: Yep, Sholay, or um, what was the one? They have one that's basically the Bollywood Terminator. Oh, and it's hilarious because he just, at one point, takes all of the army men's guns by turning himself into a magnet and then turns them into pretty much a Pac-Man ball of guns and just rolls down the street shooting everything, but also running everything over. And it's just like, I think they were dead before with the, you know, machine guns and a ball, but, you know, roll them over just in case. <laughs> all right, move on to Recommends. <laughs>
1: I think this week I have to recommend the new Kendrick Lamar album. I don't know if you've heard it.
0: I, I just started listening to it yesterday. I haven't gone all the way through, but I've been really liking what I've been hearing so far.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's a good album to listen to in one sitting. Not that you're doing it wrong, but... I, <laughs> <laughs> but you're doing it wrong. <laughs> uh, no, it is cohesive, and it follows kind of all these themes uh, from beginning to end uh, and it's put together really thoughtfully i think the second half of the album is better than the first it has more bangers um n95 is a really good song and that's a at the beginning um, but the strongest tracks for me are rich spirit and purple hearts count me out count me out is a pretty catchy song too but i think most of the album aside from like those three or four songs is meant to be listened to in the album and it doesn't have a ton of replay value but still kind of a worthwhile musical experience
0: okay that's probably what i need to do then because what i do with a lot of either new artists or just new albums is i'll see whichever song's the most popular play that first then play the second most popular and just kind of give it a quick listen just to see if i want to download the whole album and everything but i already know i love Kendrick is my favorite hip-hop artist by far. Like, there's not even a competition for me. And so I think I just need to give this, like you said, I need to give this a lesson from beginning to end in order.
1: What's your favorite song uh, that you've heard off this album so far?
0: Uh, So far, like you said, uh, M95. I don't know, Kendrick's quality hasn't dipped at all. It was still just as good as I always remembered it. And so I just need to give it a lesson from beginning to end.
1: Yeah, I I feel like it's more. I think to to pimp a butterfly might be a better album, only slightly. And then I would put damn below. I would I would do T-Pab, uh, Mr. Morale, the new album, and then Good Kid, Mad City, and then
0: Damn. So what was number one again?
1: Number one is still T-Pab.
0: Oh, T-15. Okay, yeah. I was about to say, and I I I know it's to pimp a butterfly, but when you said T-Pab, it didn't quite register yeah. in my brain, I was like wait, he has an album called T-Pab and then it just load, load, load. Oh, <laughs> I'm dumb. I, I, I would probably agree to a Butterfly is probably my favorite of his, but Damn was the first album to get me into Kendrick. And so I think it, and it was also that college anthem as we were leaving college that it brings me back to that point in time. So Damn, a Butterfly is critically his best album. But I think my favorite is still Damn, just on a personal level.
1: Yeah. But uh, Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, good album. Check it out. I'm probably not the first person to tell you about it, especially since we released these episodes a uh, couple weeks
0: after recording. Yeah, I'm sure at this point they're going to be like, that's a couple weeks old, which, yeah, we'll address this up front. Well, we record these about a week and a half, two weeks before we release them.
1: This reminds me of Dear Hank and John. They Occasionally they do freezing cold hot takes where they take something that was like all over Twitter or the news like three months ago and then they give their opinion on it.
0: <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Freezing cold hot takes.
1: Yeah. So what's your recommendation this week, Tom?
0: All right. This week I just finished binging through Love, Death and Robots Volume 3.
1: Oh, Nice. I was going to check that out.
0: Yeah. And... If you've seen Love, Death, and Robots Seasons 1 and 2, you kind of already know what to expect. The quality is still there. Some episodes I really loved, some episodes I really didn't like, and there were a lot of in between. Probably my favorite one was either the one where there's a farmer who needs to exterminate rats, but because of biomechanical engineering or just evolution and desperation is the way the short says it. The rats are organized civilization, they're super smart, they are taking on the farmer, and so the farmer has to go buy some robots to go exterminate them for him, and they basically start World War III, where it's basically rats and this Terminator robot going and destroying them, and this farmer just being on the outside watching this go down, and that's all I'll say about that one. That one was really silly and funny, but it kind of ended up kind of heartfelt and a little sweet at the end.
1: Okay. So I, really, I wouldn't expect that to be sweet based on what you told me, but
0: I mean it's not really it's not like, oh, I didn't like shed a tear or anything. But, but there's it,
1: there's a love subplot with uh two of the rats.
0: Oh and yes. you're Like,
1: oh, they're holding hands.
0: No, there's like a nice little sympathetic end to tug at the heartstring a little bit. Yeah. And then my other favorite one, which was probably was there I can't remember the names of each of these episodes. But there was one where they're on the sea on a ship, and this crab just goes and starts murdering a bunch of the crew and tells them, Bring me to port and I'll let the rest of you live. And that one was just the animation was beautiful. The rendering was photorealistic, but unlike the other episodes where it might as well have been live action, it's so realistic. This one, the animation, Or all of the character designs, all of the designs of the people are exaggerated to the point where it works well for animation. And I feel like this was meant to be an animation, whereas some of these I'm like, they're just showing off how good animation can look now at being photoreal to the point where some of the episodes I'm like, you didn't have to do this in animation. You could have done this in live action and have it had been the exact same. Whereas I feel like if you're going to do animation, play to the strengths of animation, which I feel like a lot of Love, Death, and Robots does really well. There's just one or two episodes. Like I think last season, there was an episode with Michael B. Jordan where it was just him slowly losing oxygen and a robot walking around looking for movement. and It was super intense and it was super good, but also there was no reason at all it needed to be animated.
1: Uh, It was like a photorealistic animation
0: yeah it was a very photorealistic animation
1: yeah at that point it's just kind of like a flex of the technology and not like a artistic choice i guess i guess it is kind of an artistic choice it depends how you play it
0: exactly and i don't know my favorite thing about love death and robots is there are just some of those episodes where they use animation to tell a story in its fullest extent in the way that it could best be told and they don't constrain any of these episodes to a time limit. Take They're basically like, take as long or short as you want to tell these stories, as long as they're under 30 minutes. And my favorite example was there was one seven minute episode where it was all just animated, but from above, looking at a city that's just descending into a zombie apocalypse. And if it went on any longer, it would have been just gimmicky, but it only went on for I think the whole thing was only like five minutes long and just the way it was filmed and the way it was shot and the way it told the downfall of civilization was just a way I've never seen it done before.
1: From like a neutral bird's eye view, a god's eye kind of perspective.
0: Yeah, exactly. Everything was almost rendered to kind of look like game pieces. So it was almost looking down like looking down at a game of the board of life and a zombie apocalypse just broke out. So yeah, Love, Death, and Robots season three. Just as good, bad, and in between as seasons one and two. And for those of you who don't know what Love, Death, and Robots is, it's an anthology of animated shorts. Each is slightly different. Some are 2D, some are very anime style, some are very realistic CGI, like the Lion King remake. So yeah, I think everyone can find... Something they like in there. Just know that there's a ton of gore and a ton of boobs. And so, you know, if you're not into some debauchery here and there, this might not be for you. Which also brings me to the only negative of the season. There are one or two episodes where it's just blood gore and swearing for the sake of blood gore and swearing.
1: Oh, yeah. They make it dark because they think like dark equals deep, uh, just with like the precedent of like Chris Nolan Batman movies. Uh, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, or they'll just be like, "Hey, look, we know foul language. We can swear as much as we want. <laughs> Aren't we cool?" And it's like, "No, we 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 know those words." Okay, cool. You said fuck again for the twelfth time. I don't care. And I think there was only one episode of this season that really was that way. But I feel like every season has that one episode.
1: Yeah, I kind of like that it's hit or miss. It kind of like draws me in like a sports fan you never know if they're gonna hit it off and it's gonna be a great episode or if they're gonna try something crazy and it's gonna fail or uh, really miss the mark you're watching each episode and not knowing if it's gonna be amazing but sometimes it, it is
0: yeah no matter what it's always interesting even when they fail it's an interesting failure um so yeah, Love Death and Robots season three. Go check it out. It's on Netflix. So go check it out. You might like some, you might think some is weird. And yeah. And as we're winding down the show, Adam, do you have any final words or thoughts either about Shaolin Soccer or anything we've talked about? Um
1: oh yeah, the end of Shaolin Soccer, it just kind of resolved like really quickly. Uh like they did this giant kick and exploded the goalpost it probably killed a few guys and then the writers are like okay how are we gonna make this like a happy ending because they won so oh okay uh, steel leg is just gonna fall asleep and wake up and uh, everything's gonna be great
0: yeah I feel like they I feel like the true ending was just them showing the entire world built off Shaolin now yeah but yeah the ending did just kinda like and we won. Yeah, The end.
1: It is kind of like a spoofy movie. So maybe they were spoofing how other movies resolve so quickly in a disingenuous way.
0: Maybe. Or maybe they were just like, yeah, we, we told the story we needed to. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's it for Not Your Average Movie Podcast this week. Yep. All right. And
1: with that, we've done everything we need to do. Bye-bye. We made
0: a podcast. <laughs> Bye bye. And apparently Beijing too. Cuz I've seen Hong like Hong
1: Kong. Sorry, sorry. There's a huge difference between Hong Kong and mainland China, at least like politically.
0: Sorry, sorry. I forgot exactly what I said.
1: <laughs> uh, all the all the crack co- all <laughs> the crack cocaine in the world, especially in Beijing.
0: All the crack, <laughs> all the crack cocaine in the world, especially Hong Kong. Yeah, there you it. go. <laughs> education, education, <laughs> and straight to the blooper reel. <laughs>
1: Uh It also kind of reminds me of the movie Dodgeball with Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. I am saying this for the first time.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say, looking right into my soul the entire time you say that. It's like. A Dodgeball movie, yeah, with it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first one I listened to, and I was like, okay, yep, Kendrick, it's still as good. Really, Ke- It's still good old Kendrick as he's always been. Like, it's oh, all- god damn it, why am I tongue tw- Why am I <laughs> good old Kendrick? Myself? Like, it's always been <laughs> good old t- Kendrick, good <laughs> old Kenny, good old Kenny. I think to pimp the butterfly to pimp the butterfly. The butterfly. Uh, the singular butterfly.